So here we are. Can you believe it? Episode three already of the Gordon and Sharice show. It's exciting (laughs) and it's a journey and I'm glad to take this with you. And I know that both of us, we kind of have our own podcast show in a sense every morning at the breakfast table. And I know that we've exposed different vulnerabilities of our own life. And we're both uh, experiencing a little bit of spiritual warfare through this. And we've had great feedback from the podcast, but you know how difficult it is to share your life story, especially when it comes to pain and suffering. Well, and like you talked about last week, it's you took the towel off of your body. You were exposed before God, right? Before yourself. You looked at yourself in the mirror and truth came out. So talking about all of these kind of taboo issues, especially concerning pain and how to walk it out. It's it's stuff that's so much easier to keep hidden. And our job is, is to bring it to the light. And so, of course, there's opposition in bringing anything to the light because the darkness wants to stay dark. But I am so glad that you and I have made a deliberate decision that we are not just going and literally walking through the pain, but we want people to come alongside of us on this journey and gleam from the years of of walking this out. Let's walk this out together, right? And, and what I see is this. This is not a self-glorified story about Gordon and Trees. This is a testimony, and it's part of a thread to a bigger narrative mm-hmm. for everyone who's struggling with pain and suffering, where they're looking into themselves to discover who they are, as well as looking at the spiritual side of their lives. So you said something so interesting this morning, and I really think it might be a great way to start the show. Okay. Because you discussed that there is a difference between pain and suffering. Absolutely. Can you share what that really means to you through your experience? I believe every one of us will do anything to avoid pain. And there's certain things that we cannot avoid. And there's certain things that seem inhumane when it comes to painful affliction, without a doubt. When I think of the construct of suffering, slowly as you're going through that journey, you develop choices. You develop choices with your attitudes the way you cope, the way you share, and most importantly, how do you overcome suffering, especially if pain still continues? Right, right. And so to me, suffering is much different than just having pain. Pain may not ever be a choice in somebody's life. Correct. It hits us on every level of our human experience. Correct, and when you're at that crossroads with suffering, You basically have two choices. Number one, do you stay embittered Mm -hmm. with all of the losses in your life? Or number two, is there a point of acceptance or embracing the suffering, especially after the medications give temporary relief, um, old techniques that you use that were once successful to ameliorate pain or get rid of pain, those are no longer effective what do you do when you can't do anything else? Mm -hmm. And so I know for myself, a big part of dealing with painful suffering was dealing with the fact that I had to embrace it. 
And that is not common. That almost sounds sadistic. It kind of does. Yes. Uh, so you didn't embrace the pain, did you? I didn't. I didn't embrace the pain saying I love to have pain. Okay. Well, okay. thank you. That gives me a little peace of mind. <laughs> I'm like, who am I married to after all of these years? <laughs> Honey. <laughs> so, so what no. did you embrace? Explain that. <laughs> Embracing pain was doing this. It was changing my mindset. And the mindset change was this. Instead of trying to have full control over every aspect of my life, I had to be open to being a part of change. So embracing pain, in a sense, was a sense of surrender, where I was opening my hands up and saying, I can't do all of this. And that journey, the more I let go of things the more I could see the spiritual perspectives of pain, painful suffering. Would you consider what you went through, um, what some people might consider dying to themselves? Absolutely. How does that happen practically? Like, how do you die to yourself without being sadistic? I think it's also, it's two things. First, it's when you're dying to yourself, you're discovering the truth of your humanity. Hmm. I know that when I hit rock bottom, I really became more fully human. There was an honest, fresh, sincere perspective about who I was. There was no false self. And then number two, dying to self is also dying to your ways and the parts of your life that are conformed to this world. Right. So when you're dying to those old things, you have to look at new perspectives. And I know for myself, the meaning of the cross, the meaning of religion, the meaning of Christianity, everything changed when I gained this light or this perspective that said, you're dying to your old person in order to be developed into that new creation. Yeah. So as pain was the catalyst to create that death in a sense. And suffering is almost the catalyst to create life. Absolutely. I, Absolutely. I find that paradox very strange. And it's happening all the time in my observation with you. And as, as you overcome, um, it is a choice every day. I see deliberate choices that you make. Even this morning, was this an easy morning to get started with a podcast? <laughs> this was brutal. <laughs> and we've had crazy weather here. We've had fires. We just got back from Texas. Uh, the air quality is tough. Uh, the allergies are tough. And, you know, just fighting through the, the practical stuff to say, again, today, I'm, I'm going to make a better choice than just to let this rule my life. And when you're in that pit, that pain pit, that place where it feels like there's an end point, you tend to look at your circumstances and you tend, and the circumstances are one of brokenness. Mm. You see the broken parts. You feel the broken parts. The question is, how do you start moving forward and walking out your faith and walking out that perspective? I know for myself, I left the idea of self-pity and disappointment. I had to move into the perspective of how do I overcome this even if pain still exists? Sure. And so the overcoming thing for me was faith. 
Faith is the only thing that overcomes everything in this world. So my faith was put to the real test. And looking at that, my identity of seeing brokenness, I had to look at the way God saw me. God saw me as new. God's perspective on how he see things eternally. I had to move away from how I saw things with my own ability. I think that that really ties into um, one of the key scriptures that has been a resonant theme through our journey. And I've seen it in you. I've seen it manifest in you. Can you share that scripture in Proverbs? Uh, Proverbs 18, a man's spirit will endure sickness, Mm -hmm. for instance, pain, but a crushed spirit who can bear. Yep. And that crushed spirit, that spiritual side to who we are, that new side that comes about because of God's grace, that side still has life. Mm. See, when God's in darkness, he doesn't walk in fear. He doesn't walk in the unknown. And when God's in the darkness of our soul, when we're absolutely torn apart with suffering, he still guides us and directs us with his power and his wisdom and his knowledge and his love. So it's, it's a mind shift between instead of me having control over my life, how do I surrender that to God and allow him to have control? Right. So as sickness presses in in every part of your body. Right your spirit can be fully intact. Absolutely. It can it doesn't have to it doesn't have to bear the weight of that infection. Right. Your spirit can be set free even in the most hard pressed of all circumstances. Absolutely. And that's the journey that has given me the strength to go on alongside of you is to see that Your spirit is not crushed. In fact, it's like it is new every single day. It's regenerated. And there's so much life inside of you, even when the waves crash all over your body. Um, So I appreciate that so much because I think you and I both um, in our marriage, we've, we've had some pretty challenging times. Like September is Suicide Awareness Month. And uh, let's get real. Um, people who decide to um, allow their spirit to be fully crushed. And, and sometimes it's it's seemingly impossible, the circumstances that they're in. And I think you and I are very sensitive to that. But ultimately, a crushed spirit can lead, I think, to, to death. And so let's let's elaborate on that from our experience. Let's elaborate because I think that the audience is dealing with that. Mm-hmm. Um, That's kind of not, the elephant in the room. It is the elephant in the room. Yeah. And I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to come off as the expert related to suicide. No. But you and I both have practical, empirical experiences. In other words, we have family members who have committed suicide. Within a three-year time span. Within a three-year time span. So let's start with you. Um, Thanks. Two things. How have you died to yourself and how have you dealt with suicide? Mm. Oh, my gosh. These are not light questions. I wasn't expecting this. It's a heavy day. We're in pain today. (laughs) Let me just give it right back to you. That's coming in a second. So um, as far as 
how have I died to myself? I, I can think specifically of, uh, of a time where when you were at your very most critical with your health and, uh, and it was a choice to either stay or to run. Um, and I chose to stay, but that doesn't mean every decision was easy after that, right? It wasn't exactly this, this cakewalk. We, we had real life challenges. And on top of that, we had a blended family that we were working through and real estate and this and that. I mean, there were just so many things, uh, that were, were overwhelming at that time beyond the absolutely acute debilitating pain that would pretty much make you stay in bed for a lot of days. Um, and so through that, I will never forget. And, and I think self-pity was a huge uh, beginning part of, of uh, the, I guess, the younger part of me had to die to self-pity pretty early on. And that self-pity, the thoughts that I kept thinking were, I'm never going to be able to climb a mountain with Gordon. I'm never going to be able to do this or to go skiing. Or I had this entire list of everything that I wanted to do with my partner. And every single thing on that list was dead. Like every, I, I had to, I, if I, if I kept that list in my mind and in my heart, um, I, I would have bailed because I would have measured you every day on this list that I wanted. And, and then, no, I'm not done. You can't interrupt me. But, um, after that, after I got through that part and decided, you know what? We actually have something so much deeper than the ability to go climb a mountain, even though that would be great. I would love to do that with you. We have mountains of faith that we get to overcome. We have mountains of life that we get to live together. And I think one of the greatest gifts that God gave me with you as a spouse is the gift of communication. That's something that can't be taken away. That's something that no matter what we're going through each day, that we get to share with each other and we get to share with other people. So um, dying to self, it was dying to, I mean, that's just a very small example of many things that that happened early on. But um, I will also remember in your most critical stages of health, this resounding voice, like there's nothing more that I can do. I can't do anything to make it better. And I will, it was a record that just kept playing in my head. I can't make it better. I can't make it better. I can't make it better. That can make you crazy. You know, as you're dealing with your own stuff, I'm dealing with this, this part of me that feels absolutely, I mean, I was killing it in real estate and conquering so many other things, but I couldn't make my husband better. So it made me feel in a way like such a failure. And I realized something through that. I was doing it all in my own strength. I was trying to make things better on my terms. I was trying to make you feel better on my terms. And it's still a lesson I have to learn to this day because I <laughs> yes. Yes, you do, Sharice. <laughs> I do. I do. But I'm aware of it. And so just all of that to say, there was a moment in in an honest cry. It wasn't even a prayer. It was a cry to God when I knew that I couldn't make things better. And I knew that I, I'd reached the end of my own love. Right. I really distinctly felt God saying to me, 
finally. That's exactly where I wanted you, Sharice, because at the very end of your love, now my love can begin and it can flow out and it can pour all over your husband and it can pour out over your children and your family. You finally reach the place where your love ends, which is so limited, so that my love begins. And and that's been the gift in our marriage. That's how our marriage has sustained because, Mm -hmm. for instance, if we were to use a linear scale and we could only love each other, our maximum ability was 70%. Well, how do we get to 100%? God's in there filling us up, Mm -hmm. and we're walking and loving by his example, and more importantly, the power of him that's within us. But with that all said, here we are. You've come to the end of yourself. How did you feel when your dad, when he came to the end of himself, hmm. how did you feel about the decisions that he made? Besides our own journey as a family, as a nuclear family, this was um, the hardest thing I've ever gone through. And so I might tear up because um, you and I are both celebrating anniversary times with suicide and for with uh, my own Dad's suicide, it's, uh, it'll be nine years on September the 19th. And, and my, my brother is 12 years as of today. I can't believe it. Yes. And they are people that both of us love tremendously. And with my dad, um, uh, he was at the end of his health during that time. So I, I don't want to say that uh, he was in a situation where he just – selfishly chose to kill himself. He was going through so much. But uh, regardless of the why, the resounding layers of residual pain that suicide causes every family member and all of the unanswered questions that happen, it it was another time where um, replaying that in my head, if the question why was asked one more time. I think that it would have taken me down uh, a road that I could I could have not recovered from. And so somebody shared with me something actually out of Deuteronomy. I have it written down here. Um, Deuteronomy 29.29, that uh, the secret things belong to the Lord our God but the things which are revealed and disclosed belong to us and our children forever. And part of me uh, working through my dad's suicide is realizing, um, even if I agree or disagree with that choice, I the, the answer why I can't ever find that answer. It's not revealed to me. But what I can live by is what is revealed to me. And that lasts for our lifetime and our children's lifetime. I have to, um, I just, I can't go down the road of the layers of things that I can't control. But it was very hard. It's very difficult. And I know in my circumstances, uh, my brother 12 years ago was very knowledgeable. He was also a chiropractic physician had a lovely family. He's got two great daughters. Um, it's their 12th year anniversary. It leaves a permanent, as you mentioned before, a question mark in your mind. Mm-hmm. 
And so I went through seasons of evaluating. I could go through Scripture, and then sometimes for the Christian, it's the ultimate goal. Are they in heaven or are they not? Immediately what happened for me is one day I could read Scripture, and I could I could really line up the verses to say, here's his destination. And then the next day, I could line up Scriptures and say that he was faithless. Mm-hmm. But the the bigger picture is this. That's not my job or anyone else's job to judge the heart of another man. That's right. That's God's job. And that that ties into your Deuteronomy 29 message. And for this podcast, I think it would be foolish to act like a doctor about suicide and create a diagnosis because some people deal with mental issues, mental disorders, emotional problems physical problems, chemical problems. We do not know the exact diagnosis of anyone else. We can share the journey of what happens through the suicide process. This morning, I looked up some numbers, and it's astonishing. There are approximately 1.4 million attempts of suicide per day. Per day. Between the years of 1999 and 2018, Suicides are now at 132 suicides per day. People are walking around with no hope, bitter suffering, chronic pain. Life is too much for them. The hope is drained out of their hearts. And so our message is this, is turn your eyes to God. That's all we can tell you. Suffering is a choice. We are not judging another individual on how they handle their lives. Mm-hmm. We're making a, a word of encouragement for someone else. That's right. So the statistics are just, they're outstanding. We're at the highest rate in 28 years of mm. suicides. And after COVID, they estimate the, the rates are going to go even much higher. I believe that. So I believe that. And those numbers are staggering and... You know, it, it comes back to uh, the that we can endure a sick body, but we can't endure a crushed spirit. That's and correct. We can't fix our own spirit. That's the truth. So it's a surrendering of our spirit to the one who can, to the one who made our spirit, right? And to the one who makes our spirit new. And I think the other thing that we we should mention is that dying to self isn't a one time process. I die to myself every day, two or three times a day. Do I help with that process? Honey, you not only help, <laughs> you perpetuate the process sometimes. I can, I do, I think. You know, I accelerate it a little you, bit. You accelerate it. A good example, and, and we talked about communication. Communication brings things that are part of that dark dying to self process sometimes. Mm-hmm. Communication brings light to the truth of the matter, and it disarms the strength of, of the actual opposition that you're experiencing or the hardship that you're experiencing. So each morning we do communicate, and it's not just through prayer and reading the Word, but we communicate as a couple, and that's our expression of love. Mm-hmm. That has been one of the most strategic methods that we've used in our life that's helped us to deal with unbelievable and almost seemingly impossible odds that's right. and circumstances. So that's the strength that we have in dealing with those things. It helps the hope 
to be refreshed in the cup. And we know it comes from God, but it reminds us each day of who God is, Mm -hmm. who are we in his eyes, not just in our own brokenness. That's right. So do you have a special thought for today before we finish the podcast? I I didn't write anything down. Um, You know, I just, I really have to say that, that because suffering is a choice, because it is a choice, make the right choice today. Make the right choice to um, allow some hope to infuse when you can't see that hope, when it's a seemingly impossible situation in, in your own life. Allow yourself to open and explore a new doorway, something you haven't really explored before. The old pathways aren't working anymore. And we are designed to go from old to new. So it's the day. Today is a day to start in walking. Just, just open the door a little bit. Just yeah. see there is something new that's waiting right there. And God has this, and, and he is a part of that story. That's very good. Uh, I'd like to add to that. <laughs> I'm sure you would. Uh, our very first <laughs> podcast, we mentioned that hope lasts as long as you believe in it. Mm. And we can believe in truth. And the truth in scripture that you see in 2 Corinthians is that God's mercy and grace has the power to prevent us from totally giving up. His grace is sufficient for us and his power is perfected in our weakness. Mm -hmm. So I encourage people to put their eyes on the truth, not on the emotional part of their painful circumstances. That's right. So thank you very much. It was a very difficult podcast. Yeah. I think we got through it. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of hope for a lot of people. Yes. And that's really what we want to end with is we stand by you and believe that today can be a new day. Absolutely. We'll see you next time, honey. We'll see you on number four. Okay. Okay.